Howdy, y'all, and welcome to Zero Credits. Oh, wait, it's just me, John. There's actually, uh, there's no Henry here. So this is the first in a long question mark line of podcasts that we are calling Less Than Zero. They are podcasts that happen when one or both of us are uh, indisposed and cannot be here to record for you lovely people. So we will either get a guest, which I have done, or uh, we will not get a guest, which I assume Henry has done. Uh, Henry has no friends. So if you will entertain me, I have a bit of an issue with the way Zero Credits has been run thus far, in that I think that more episodes should be about Star Wars. And this episode, guess what? It's all about Star Wars. Rogue One, to be specific, but who knows? Uh, joining me today is a returning guest, not returning to a less than zero, but returning from a... It's Natalie. Hi. Hey, Natalie. How hey, you doing? I'm good. Uh, are you excited to be a part of this highly experimental thing that might be a thing? Yeah. All right, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to, I guess this might be a supplemental reading, a less than zero supplemental, uh, fuck it. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Wars Rogue One. We're going to spoil the hell out of it. We're going to talk about basically everything we liked and, uh, we will talk about anything Star Wars, anything that isn't Star Wars, of course, strictly forbidden. So without further ado, let's get started. Oh my God, my phone's ringing. So, uh, Rogue One. Rogue One, a.k.a. Seven Samurai in Space. Yeah, Seven Samurai in Space. That's that's fairly accurate. A uh, long lineage of that in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I mean, Jedi are basically samurais. And, uh, you know, Kurosawa is sort of an influence for George Lucas. And- uh, Hidden Fortress, for <laughs> sure, that first Star Wars. Yeah. Um, what, uh, pop quiz hotshot. That oh. shot was one in a million Hashtag Star Wars reference. Um, what's the genre that, uh, genre of samurai movies that the Hidden Fortress was part of? <laughs> I'm really trying to remember. Um, uh, because I feel like I have a say, Jidai Geki. Yes. Yeah, there you so go. So that's the, that's the Jidai Geki is the Japanese genre of, uh, period dramas that Star Wars kind of takes a lot of influence from. Cause I think the Hidden Fortress was one of those. Seven Samurai definitely was. Mm-hmm. Because that's a period drama as hell. Not as many horses in Rogue One. No, more, more, um, you know, X-wing fighters. And yeah, I mean, can't be perfect. And ATATKs? Is that what you said? Uh, it's ATACT. Oh, A- act. They're slightly larger. Wait, wait, why would you? What? Wait. Yes. Wait. Wait. Yes. Okay. There's nothing wrong with the ATAT. Why is it ATACT? And why, okay, Rogue One is before Empire. Mm-hmm. So why would you have a slightly larger one and then downgrade to a tiny one during the Hoth battle? Well, it's not technically a downgrade. Let me mansplain <laughs> ATATs okay. to go, you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, ATACTs are slightly larger. I think they have a cargo bay on the side, which okay. we see dropping troops. Yeah. Um, ATATs are smaller. They don't mm-hmm. have that and they're more maneuverable, I guess. Uh, yeah, I like Star Wars, but also feel free to disagree with any of this. But Rogue One, uh, directed by, what's his name? No, 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 no. Gareth, Gareth Edwards? I think that's correct. Maybe. Uh, he also did, uh, Godzilla, I believe. Yeah, the, the new one. The Brian Cranston one. Yeah, uh, Breaking yeah. Bad 2, Godzilla. Breaking Bad Gojira. Mm-hmm. Um, starring, uh, let's just, let's just do a little... The, the guy from Kick-Ass? The guy from Kick-Ass? Wait, who is that? Uh, what's his name? Uh... I don't know his name. I just know him as the guy from Kick-Ass, and he's also in, uh, Anna Karenina. Shit, wait, okay. Who are we talking about? What character is this? I've never seen Kick-Ass. Oh, well, he's the main character in Kick-Ass. He's Kick-Ass. Okay, but in this movie, oh, oh, who is he? Oh, no, I mean, he, no. Oh, I thought we were talking about Godzilla. Oh, he's no, in Godzilla. No, 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 no. The okay. last thing no, I want to talk no, about no. is the Brian Cranston. Felicity Cranston. Jones. Felicity Jones. In Rogue One. Uh, she's been in, the only thing that I know that she's been in that I've seen is Bride's Head Revisited. Oh, Theory of Everything. You're right, I've seen that. And then Didn't she's, like in, it. Uh, she's in that new movie coming out, uh, Monster Calls. 
What is that? That's not, uh, Monster closet? I, I know. Have you seen, have you seen the? No, I have not. I'm reading the book right now. It's a, it's based on a book. Okay. And it's about a kid dealing with his mom dying of cancer. Oh. Played by Felicity Jones. Okay. And Wait, cancer is played by Felicity Jones? No, no, she's dying of cancer. And uh, okay. he sees a monster. He To cope with it, he sort of sees a monster. Okay. Played by Liam Neeson. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and it's, Perfect it's, it looks really casting. good. Like, if you if you have a chance, go see the trailer. It's really good. I'd really like the to try The trailer will probably make you cry. It almost made me cry. Okay. I uh, Yeah, I'll check that out. And then uh, that, that one dude from E Mama Tambien. Is uh, in Rogue One. Yeah, Diego Luna. Yeah, yeah. E2 Mama Tambien. A uh, quick aside about that. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron directed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, went on. Here's the thing that I don't understand. I, as well documented on the podcast, I, over the course of maybe a month, watched all of the Harry Potter movies back to back to catch up because I'd never seen a single one. And Prisoner of Azkaban is directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Indeed. Definitely a misfit. Mm-hmm. But. If you line the timelines up, the only film to reach critical acclaim that Alfonso Cuaron had directed before Prisoner of Azkaban to make them think that it would be a good idea was E2 Mama Tambien. Mm-hmm. How do you watch that movie and extrapolate from that? This person should clearly direct a Harry Potter sort movie. Sort of a different kind of threesome with Harry, Ron, <laughs> and Hermione. It's true. There wasn't any weird, awkward grinding, though, yeah. from what I was able to see. Once again, uh, I'm bad at reading subtext, so there may have been grinding that I, I mean, missed. I mean, in the seventh one, there was almost grinding. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, they almost snogged the fuck out of each other. <laughs> oh, God, snog. I think I hate the word snog more <laughs> I, than... Did not believe that the word snog was a real word when I started reading. What was it? Book five when they were like, Harry and Cho went to snog. It's like, ah, fuck off. Fuck off, British people. You're too cute. Um, also starts, uh, It Man. Uh, super great character. It was his choice. Um, a little bit of trivia. It -hmm. was his choice to be blind. Mm. He wasn't, his character wasn't originally supposed to be blind. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he made the choice to be blind. Okay. Because he thought it would add more to the character, which I can't imagine that character not blind. Yeah, for sure. And, okay, so we'll go through a couple more people that were in it, then we'll come back to that because okay. I have a thing to say. Um, Mads Mikkelsen, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, great, bearded Mads Mikkelsen. Great as always. Um, being a pretty fantastic and kind of, Faded by destiny Star Wars character, uh, that you always have in a Star Wars movie. It's like you have someone who is, uh, good of heart but conflicted and they're gonna die. <laughs> and it always happens. Oh, yep, yep. And he was someone's dad, so of course he's gonna die. Oh yeah, no parents survive, <laughs> parents in, Star don't survive in Star Wars. Uh, they, they just die like praying mantises. And dads, always dads. Yeah, fuck Do you dads. This? Dads and uncles and aunts. <laughs> I mean, uncles and aunts get it real rough in the Star Wars universe. Burned the shit out of them. I mean, they, they're turned into piles of bones. Oh god. And, uh, yeah, that was the thing in A New Hope that I never understood. It's like, what did they set fire to in a desert <laughs> that burned, what is it, Uncle Ben and did they Aunt have, Biru? Did they have, like, ray guns or something? Did I mean, they have, they like... have uh, shit, laser pistols. Was it, it was raiders, right? Raiders killed them? I don't, I actually don't I know, remember. I know, I know raiders killed uh, Anakin's mom. Oh, so yeah, for sense. sure. It's sort of like a yeah. full circle sort of thing. Um, but then I feel like maybe the Empire did it. I don't know. I'll have to go back and watch it. Oh, maybe it was Stormtroopers. I don't know. Yeah, I fuck Stormtroopers. I need to rewatch any hope. But, um, yeah, definitely need to rewatch. I feel like I've seen the prequels more than the original trilogy at this point, oh, which God. that's fucked Unfortunately, up. Unfortunately, yeah. But, um, so Mads Mikkelsen, anyone else of note? I mean, I feel like there might have been one actor who was maybe in Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. <laughs> That is in this movie. Is it the, is it the other one? The, not the other Hold one. Hold on. I feel like the, I the, gave the, you. The other I, monk? I feel, no, no, no. But that is another guy whose name I forget. I forget his name. Um, I don't know too much about him, but I, come on. I feel like I gave you a pretty softball with Star of Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. The one, the only Forrest Whitaker. Oh, uh, Also, what was that movie in which he was a despot? I know. I just know him from uh, the Last King of Scotland. That's what I'm. That's the one I mean. Last okay. King of Scotland. But um, I think in terms of huge names, that's about it. Other than some uh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, <laughs> I say Alan Tudyk. Oh, because is, it, is it Alan Tudyk? I have no idea, but saying Alan Tudyk sounds like a nickname. <laughs> Good old he, Alan might, Tudyk. You might like that name. <laughs> it's true, Alan Tudyk. Uh, he's light as a 
Light as a leaf, light as a feather. He doesn't need... Well, I mean, he has four legs. <laughs> four legs and two dicks. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is uh, K2SO. Uh, yeah. Which makes me think of Sylvan SO, which is a band. Yeah. Um, anyway, those are the people who are in it. Uh, other than... Uh, the, we'll talk about that later. But uh, back to the director, Gareth Edwards. Gareth Evans, I forget. Edwards. Edwards. I looked it up. So he's... Uh, Really interesting direction with this movie, because something that I like about this movie that I think people kind of took issue with is it just, in general, feels a lot looser and more free than mm-hmm. a Star Wars movie should feel, because a Star Wars movie, you know, Force Awakens, they're like, oh, it's the first good Star Wars movie in, like, 26 years or whatever. Yeah. But they're like, oh, it's just there's so much circumstance and everything has to be perfect. And Rogue One is like, it's just a story told in this universe. And, you know, it's funny because it's like it doesn't really have the structure of the old Star Wars movies, but it mm-hmm. feels the most Star Wars. It does, it for does, sure. Like, like, it feels the most akin to the original trilogy. Like, mm-hmm. watching this movie made me feel like the the atmosphere of the original trilogy more than The Force Awakens did or, and definitely more than the prequels did. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the thing about the original star wars is it very uh concretely in our minds creates a sense of place uh with like technology and visual effects and stuff like that and you go back to the prequels everything's more advanced and sleeker for no reason um because you know technology was more advanced so they could make these things but it just comes off feeling hollow then the force awakens um it's like a simulation versus simulacrum Mm -hmm. problem where you're like you're trying to simulate a thing that never really existed by like creating all this imagery that kind of evokes the original trilogy but isn't something that really speaks to me rogue one definitely had that boots on the ground people wearing uncomfortable ass outfits like fighting and doing their best thing that the original trilogy definitely had. But otherwise, great cast. Great cast. A cast that I do not feel would ever happen in any other Star Wars movie because it just has enough star power from popular things that it doesn't feel like choices that would be made for like a Force Awakens or something. And mainly mainly minorities too. Oh yeah, I really that's, liked. that's main, something that cast. I loved about it yeah. is uh, almost every character was... Like a is POC accurate in this case? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That works. Like the most of them were like people of some kind of color, except Felicity Jones, who's I mean, she's a person of color in that she's like vibrant white. She's she's my least favorite character in this whole movie, actually. I think I'm, I'm gonna be honest. What's her name? Jane Jin Jin Urso. Jin Urso, yeah. Jin Urso. Um I felt like I went into this movie very prepared to have, like, my socks blown off by another super strong female protagonist, like Rey, because I really liked Rey. Yeah. And she's just kind of whatever. You can't really top Rey. Rey is a really good, solid character. I mean, Rey's fantastic. But I just, I didn't get a lot of, I saw some really okay performances, and I thought she did fine, but nothing about her character was like, yeah, this is different and cool. (laughs) And I don't want to shit on her, because... Uh, a female getting a starring role in two Star Wars movies back to back. No, that's great. That's great. That's fantastic. But I just didn't feel like it was super special. She's sort of the typical, um, I have issues with my dad. I'm, mm. I'm sort of rebellious towards this. I mean, literally rebellious. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I just felt like she was kind of annoying, to be honest. And like, and I, and I, I don't know. I was trying to connect with her, but then I couldn't. And I, I liked every other character. I even liked, uh, the, the guy for me, Mama Tommy, I'm way better than her. And he I was mean, probably my least favorite. Uh, Diego Luna's character, um, Cassian, Cassius Clay, um, he's really good because he kind of exemplifies a kind of uh, persona that you expect a character like Han Solo would have but mm-hmm. doesn't have yeah. because he is, he is ruthless. He's literally backstabbing or backshooting in this case. He has a non-human sidekick. Mm-hmm. He's he's the Han Solo if Han Solo was just about two notches shittier. <laughs> and it makes it so it's really hard to like him. And it, and it kind of stays that way throughout most of the movie. And, and he somehow survives falls. <laughs> yeah, inexplicably. <laughs> inexplicably, he can break his back and still walk and <laughs> that, shoot blasters. That fall was pretty gnarly. That, no, that, I, I thought he was dead as soon as that yeah. happened. I was like, nope, dead. For sure. Um, Who plays the... Um, 
the main villain, I guess. Okay, so the only thing I knew that guy from, I looked up his IMDb page, and the only thing I knew him from was from Girls. He's in an episode of Girls where he's uh, Jess's dad. So going back and that's to it. going back to the uh, the well trod for two <laughs> for two <laughs> movies, well of just pulling somebody out of Girls. You know, yeah, Le- yeah. Adam Driver, Le- yeah. <laughs> this guy, Lena Lena Dunham's gonna be a Twi'lek. It'll be a whole thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, just I don't want to shit on anyone in this movie. You know what? Let's shit on people in this movie. That's fine. Something that's really interesting to this mo- about this movie to me is it is a Star Wars movie that is just a movie told in this universe mm-hmm. for everything that that comes with, including their bad performances or characters that I just didn't like. And I feel like that doesn't really happen in Star Wars movies no. outside of like the prequels, because who can stand any of those fuckers? God. But like Jar Jar Binks? No. Who cares? I, you know, okay, people shit on Jar Jar Binks a lot, and I get it. I get it. He mm-hmm. is a, he is a horrible character. He is a character that's almost like, uh, he, he, he embodies like this sort of, um, I don't know. He, he makes fun of a certain characteristic of humanity. And I think he, he, you know, he's not likable, but he plays this role. And so I can't, I can't hate Jar Jar Banks because without him in the, the prequels, I think it would have been, I, I don't know. I think he, he, he does his thing. Natalie, I'm going to be 100% real with you. Uh, Jar Jar Banks may be my most hated character in history, except I just started watching Clone Wars and he is largely unchanged. Kind of like him. <laughs> I think that uh, as a comic relief character, you could certainly have worse. Mm-hmm. Don't like his vocal tics, though. Oh, no. But in no. a movie full of, of weird cultural and racial appropriation for yeah, accents, no, exactly. in a movie with a literal flying space Jew, I think that uh, George Urbanks was not the most egregious. God, episode one was really, really bad. Really, really bad. The pod racing, though, it, it, it created that game, that N64 yeah, yeah. game. No, oh, uh, man, Star Wars it. Episode One Super Bombad Pod Racing. <laughs> yes, I love that one. Oh no, that's great. <laughs> big, big head, Darth Maul all over the place. I loved Episode One because I was a child, but it's I a- thought Darth Maul was killed too quickly. But I mean. He was killed too quickly at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, his death was cool. Darth Maul's an alright character for someone who never speaks, has no story, and just shows up to have a cool lightsaber. Yeah. But for sure, I think that some of the performances in this movie... See a Zabrak? Definitely some performances in this movie that were like, I like Forrest Whitaker. Uh, I really like Forrest Whitaker. What What is up with Saw Gerrera? Who is that character? We know nothing about him. We know. We know. We only know that he heads the resistance. <laughs> we know he heads the resistance. But we he know went crazy. He's kind of crazy. Yeah. He has robot legs and he speaks in the most insufferably strange <laughs> dialect. Where he's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like screaming, mumbling, <laughs> scream mumbling. He has that weird squid creature in his basement <laughs> that does weird hentai shit to you. Yeah. Um, but he's like, and it will make you lose your mind. <laughs> and he never loses his mind. He, never does. he just gets his face groped by a weird slug. He does. For no, the, the groping <laughs> by the face slug amounts to nothing. <laughs> that, that scene was so unnecessary. Actually, I went, uh, funny story, I went to the restroom during that scene, so I didn't even see it the first time I watched it. I saw it the second time. And I was like, why is this scene even in here? I think I chose the right time to go to the restroom. Oh, for sure. There's no better time to go to the restroom in that movie. Uh, Although like, I missed the, uh, when they talked about the crystals. No, the Kyber crystals. Yes. I think that's dumb. Uh, just call them lightsaber what? crystals. Oh, that was, it's that was dumb, fun. It was no, fun. No, it's a dumb name. Because he was talking about Kyber crystals and I was like, ah. Yeah, Kyber crystals. Great. <laughs> um, but, uh, speaking of Kyber crystals, I thought that this movie kind of wore its, inspirations on sleeve a little bit with uh like the imperial convoy traveling through the town and then it was very like mogadishu or middle eastern like people with rpgs Mm -hmm. standing it was speaking of war oh no um that i'm just gonna fast forward really quick to that scene the 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 scenes at the end where they're on um what is that planet where are they on scarif scarif and uh that's so Dunkirk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the scenes are so, like, okay, they're near a beach, mm-hmm. and just the, the bombs going off, and, like, the way, uh, the way they're dressed. Actually, 
the way that the resistance is dressed is based on like uh the uniforms that they wore back then and it's just a very interesting World War II motifs. Yeah. I mean but I mean throughout the entire Star Wars saga, but like specifically in Red Specifically One, at that point, yeah. yeah. Um I feel like the Rebels outfits got over time, they just shifted throughout time until they were literally just wearing GI, mm-hmm. like BDUs from World War II. Because there's a scene where they're charging through the water at, uh, at an emplacement. I'm like, I'm just watching Band of Brothers in yeah, the Star Wars universe. Exactly. And I'm so into it. This is the new <laughs> expanding universe. This is what, this is what it is. And, and, and they decided actually, uh, recently to bring the extended, ex- expanded universe back. Because apparently, originally, how when they, much of it? Well, and they, originally, when they when they were making Force Awakens, they decided to throw out the EU, and they decided they're just going to make their own thing. They're not mm-hmm. going to worry about the EU. But recently, they decided to bring it back. So, Natalie, what was your favorite part of Rogue One? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> it's hard to say because I like the whole thing, mm-hmm. and um, I just so many things. Did were... you like the whole thing? <sighs> okay. 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 Oh. The one thing I didn't like. Yes. Um, which I, I didn't like a couple of things, but like the one thing I didn't like was actually, uh, I, I like the second cameo that Darth Vader does, like at the end where he's, being oh a yeah, badass. that's cool as that hell. Was, that was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome seeing him kill people. It was awesome. It, he was just really good at it. And it was he, great it, to it hear. Was, it was cool seeing Anakin be a, a dark Jedi. And it was cool to hear him not speak. Yes. Because <laughs> no, no, this gets me back to what I didn't like was the first cameo. I did, <laughs> and also, can I say that Darth Vader does not look very good in this movie? <laughs> Darth he Vader kinda looks chunky. That helmet is so awkward. Like yeah. I feel like, and and I think we've discussed this before. The lighting mm-hmm. on Darth Vader—it's it's definitely a play of lighting because you always light Darth Vader from the top. Yeah, you have the bright white lights cascading down the helmet and illuminating the outfit. If you light his face, you see his his dumb red. Yeah, because I always thought they were black, like pitch black, which is cool, Le- like Leech Man from Swamp Thing, cool. But then when you see that they're red, you're like, you're like, you see the red and you're like, oh, whatever. But like when you light up his like gorget area, you're like, oh, no, you're a, you're a little look, chubby. He does look a little chubby. I thought they just put James Earl Jones in that suit. <laughs> I did too. I did too. I was like, is this James Earl Jones in the suit? Or yep. Is it like, I don't know. But, but um, man, award winning dialogue in that scene. The, the choke, choke on, on your, your ambitions. ambitions. Uh, yeah. I feel uh, like. I feel like the dialogue in that whole movie just jumped off a cliff for that scene. And then it was fine throughout. The other scene that I didn't like, well, mainly the thing I didn't like, was the CGI Leia. Oh, I mean, I have another CGI person. Here's a severe... Did you not like Tarkin? I I thought Tarkin was alright. I didn't like Tarkin because I thought he looked like the fucking visible man. (laughs) I thought he looked like someone took all the skin off a person. No, I mean, okay, at first... I didn't even realize that it was CGI because I was I kept looking at it and I was like Peter Cushing is definitely dead yeah. and I was like but who did they find that looks exactly like him and mm-hmm. then I looked at his eyes he had that fish eye yep uncanny valley thing on. yeah yeah exactly and I was like okay this is a CGI creature CGI Grand Moff Tarkin just fucked yeah. with me here's the thing if you're gonna make I am perfectly fine with CGI Leia even if she looks like Fiona from Shrek. I'm, <laughs> she does. No, you're right. You're right. I am perfectly fine with CGI people if they are in a scene for like two seconds. Yeah. Because if you had Grand Moff Tarkin appear at the end as a hologram to be like, I am taking over control of this space station. That's fine. But uh, kudos to their Peter Cushing sound alike. Oh, yeah. It sounded no, really um, good. It was some... Guy named Henry actually. Really? <laughs> I just okay. looked at Henry him. Cushing. Henry something. Uh, it was actually Andy Circus. Oh, um, yeah. He was it's a real mess. Uh, he was just covered in mocap balls the whole time. He's doing. Uh, he's doing the, the the villain in Force Awakens, and he's doing. Uh, yeah. whatever. I can't remember what the name of the villain in Force Awakens is. You mean wait? You mean Grand Admiral Snoke? Snoke. Yes. Yeah. Uh, dumb. <laughs> that is a dumb character, but we are not talking about Force anyway, Awakens. No, uh, other Force- than our, uh. Um, I really like, honestly, what I like about Rogue One is that 
it sort of goes with the thing of less is more. Mm-hmm. So it's um, and and I've talked to a lot of people about this because they're they're sort of like there's a lot of talking in it. There's a lot of like just not a lot of action. There's maybe like two real big sequences of action, mm-hmm. but it's mostly like building up character, building up the story. And I really like that it is just that. And there's not a lot of CGI in it. I mean, there there's moments of CGI, but there's not a ton of CGI in it. Mm-hmm. And then there's not a ton of, like, action. I, I like that it's mostly just these these people planning mm-hmm. constantly. And I mean, I a, a lot of that movie is a pretty austere acting showcase. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of people who are pretty good at their job. And they're telling a story in this universe that is uh, just generally pretty understated. Um, even though it's like super important to the story of the first movies, which man, that reveal at the end, I knew at what point Rogue One was taking place. I had no idea that it butted up exactly with New Hope. So I was wondering actually when it was going to meld with New Hope, because Mm -hmm. there were moments where I was like, is it taking place at the same time as New Hope? Is it like, is because I, I, at first, I thought this was the end of the New Hope, where, mm-hmm. where like, because they were like red leaders standing by, blah blah blah, all that stuff, and I was like, oh, okay, is it the end of New Hope? No, it's the, it's the beginning it's l- of a New Hope. Literally, the opening minutes of a New Hope are contained within uh, Rogue One, and overall, I think that um, the Seven Samurai thing that you said, mm-hmm. the um, the Pyrrhic victory that they experience, the uh, the winning without really winning. Mm-hmm. So unusual in a Star Wars movie. Oh, and yeah. really cool that it's and a downer. Another another trivia thing. The end was not supposed to be like that. Was Originally, it not? okay. That is the original ending mm-hmm. that they they all expire. Yeah. Um but the We here's this is an explicit podcast. We can <laughs> say what they do, die. They die. And yeah. all all of them die. But like the Children plug your ears. <laughs> but the uh they the guy, Gareth Edwards, um, had an alternate ending because he didn't know of you, because Star Wars is owned by like the Disney Corporation yeah, or whatever. And they didn't know if they would let them do that. Mm-hmm. So they wrote another ending where it ends pretty happily. And he was like, but that's not the spirit of Rogue One. But actually, when they tested the footage, they were like, oh, we really like this. So mm. they kept the original ending where they all died. Well, that's and, very and good. I think that's great. I think that's really progressive of the I, Disney I think, Corporation. I think that a movie like this should be its own thing. And there's no way to ensure a movie remains its own thing than to kill its entire principal cast. Exactly. It's uh, it's very ballsy. To- and, I, and I've watched it twice, and actually, like the second time around, it, it felt I felt more for them because I knew that they were going to die. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like like knowing they're going to die. There's so many things in there where you're like, oh god, if they would have just done this, it would have been okay. But now knowing that they're going to die makes them more endearing. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I guess I liked it more than The Force Awakens academically. Oh, I definitely liked it more than Force, Force Awakens. Awakens made me happier. Mm-hmm. Rogue One made me thinkier. So it's it's definitely something that I uh do want to watch again at some point. But uh I think that brings us to a time at the end of supplemental readings that we do sometimes uh where you will rate this movie as uh we have the following scale. I okay. believe this is how it goes. Uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, would you call it a, uh, rent it, buy it, or gotta have it? Um, I would say gotta have it. Gotta have it? It's really good. It's really, really good. Like, um, I could rewatch that movie over and over again. I, uh, I would second the gotta have it. Um, I don't think the movie's a masterpiece by any means. Yeah. But... It has enough problems, and it is a Star Wars movie to make it uh, culturally a really interesting artifact. I think it's totally worth watching. It's a it's a fine movie. I think that it uh, it it's just a fine, enjoyable piece that has interesting ideas and some problems, mm-hmm. which uh, that's something that we should all try to be a slightly flawed uh, something. <laughs> I had something there. I feel like I was going to turn it into like some Garrison Keeler shit, but. Uh, gotta have it. Uh, two thumbs up, four thumbs up. Wait. Four thumbs up. up. Four thumbs up. And, uh, two mechanical legs on a Forest Whitaker. (laughs) And some, some dazzling five o'clock shadow on Diego Luna. 
And uh, I think that about does it for mm-hmm. a discussion of Rogue One, a movie thoroughly spoiled. Uh, and in fact, if you think about it, we spoiled a lot of other things like Firefly and The Force Awakens. <laughs> we talked about a lot of things. You know what? Uh, just go back, uh, forget it, or realize that spoilers don't matter and you should enjoy something regardless of whether you know where the story goes because the story is the least important thing about a thing. Uh, do you have any parting words for the podcast listening audience? Um, not really. Thanks for having me on. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no. Do you have any uh, movie recommendations, book recommendations, uh, anything that would enhance the audience's life? Um, for, for, for Rogue One? Or uh, for, for anything? any reason. Uh, not, not recently. Because no. we all know to enjoy the Rogue One experience, you must read the Timothy Zahn Star Wars novels. And you, and, and you have to watch Seven Samurai. Yeah, you ought to have to watch Seventh Samurai. It's good. Um, it's an uh, Ingmar Bergman movie about samurai. No, 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 it's um, Akira Kurosawa. You have to watch a Virgin Samurai. Oh my god, Spring. Virgin Spring. Virgin best, Spring of Samurai. Best, best Ingmar Bergman movie. What? In my opinion, it's the best Ingmar, Ingmar Bergman movie. <laughs> okay. I had no idea what you were saying. Oh. Uh, Persona. So, uh, mm. looking forward to episode eight, influenced highly by Persona. There is one frame <laughs> of a penis. Um, Holy Mountain, other movies. Uh, thanks holy for being, mountain. yeah, Holy Mountain. I am really looking forward to the Star Wars movie oh that is influenced. There's just a guy with two bothans, <laughs> uh, nuts hanging out all over the place. Oh my god. But, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I will try to edit this into something <laughs> listenable. And, uh, you can follow us on shit. Usually if Henry's here, I get the, the zero credits. Publicity plugs. Rest in peace, Henry. Rest in uh, whatever city you move to. Uh, So if you want to send us an email, send me or Natalie an email. She will not read it and will never respond to it, for she will never be on the podcast again. Uh, You can email us at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. That's zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us on uh, Twitter, I guess. Does anyone still use Twitter? ZCPC. WHJ. And what does that stand for, Natalie? Zero Credits Podcast. WHJ. What is that? Just keep going. Just WHJ. Zero Credits. Just keep going. Zero Credits Podcast. WHJ. What? No, what does the WH and J stand for? What does it stand for? No, just say something. um, This uh, is a bit. Um, (laughs) Down haired Jedis. D. Dark, dark hair Jedis. Well, it was a W, not a D. But oh, you nailed it in uh, one, H. actually. It's Zero Credits Podcast, Dark Hair Jedis. Uh, so, wild Hair Jedis. Wild Hair Jedis. Uh, much like... Who's a wild Whitaker hair... Whitaker Hair Jedis. <laughs> Whitaker Hair Jedis. And uh, if you want to get in contact with us on Facebook for whatever reason, if you search Zero Credits Podcast, I'm sure you'll find something. Uh, give us a leg, give us a poke, but don't give us a Grand Ambassador Snoke. Um, i talk to you later, I guess. I don't know. Bye. Bye. I'm, I'm supposed to say the last thing, so bye. Okay, so even if you mouth it though, it's still okay, it'll still be it. it'll do still it. be. So do I'm it. just I'm just gonna say the last thing. Okay. Bye. See if you mouth it again. Well, hey there, listeners. Uh, you just heard John. No doubt, talk about Star Wars, Rogue One, a movie, and, uh, so that was your first little taste of what we're gonna call Less Than Zero, a, uh, segmented sort of thing where, since John and I can't be together, or we can't get on Skype, uh, we're gonna do, you know, individual segments. So I'm here, uh, on my own, I don't have a guest, or a guest co-host, or a special guest. It's just me, sitting in uh, the apartment that I moved to, uh, holding my microphone, because I don't have a stand or anything. So, it's it's quite interesting. Let's just say that. And uh, doing a solo podcast, it's something you're, you're going to be like, Hey, Henry, Henry, oh no. Oh no, Henry, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to fill 30 minutes of content by, by, by yourself? How are you going to do that? 
And uh, to, to those people who are worrying, I say, hey, don't worry. Because I've been talking to myself for a long, long time. I, I used to have a YouTube channel where I played video games and I talked over them. I, I did commentary for uh, Let's Plays. Uh, and, so, you know, sometimes I had a guest. Uh, actually, John, that's how me and John first kind of kicked around the idea of doing some sort of, like, voiced show. Uh, we, we played Terraria on YouTube. You can you can find that still. It's still up there on the YouTube. Uh, I was I was Bare Arms and Fire. That's my YouTube handle. So if you type in Bare Arms and Fire, you'll find uh, my YouTube channel. You'll find all that content. You can even find John and I's playthrough. And we even did this weird thing where John filmed his perspective, I filmed my perspective, and we uploaded both. For some reason, I don't know why we did that, but that's what we did. Point is, I'm used to talking to myself. I'm used to talking to an empty room. Uh, I made an eight-hour drive to the city where I am now, in which I listen to people talk to themselves in the form of podcasts. And uh, I, I have a lot of thoughts on podcasts, and uh, I guess I'll talk to you about them now. You can, I, feel, I feel like I need to back up. Um, both from the microphone and in terms of this show I'm doing right now. Let's just back up. I'm Henry from Zero Credits. This is a less than zero. And today's topic is... Uh... I don't know. Filling space. Let's say that. Filling space. So I'll be going through various topics about filling space. Uh, Let's start out with filling the space of time during your eight-hour drive from your parents' house to your new apartment. Ooh. Uh, so how to fill that time? I mean, because you're driving the entire time, you know. You're actively engaged in the daunting task of having to stay vigilant and and monitor other people, and you have to drive through storms because there's it was, it was storming. It was, oh my gosh, or like three times on this drive, I was just sort of hoping the road was still in front of me without actual, like, confirmation of it. Uh, once because of a storm, uh, it was just a really bad rainstorm with thunder and lightning accompanying. So, I guess you might call it a thunderstorm. And then, uh, at least twice because the sun was setting right over the direction we were driving in. Uh, so that gives you a little hint. I drove west because the sun was setting and the sun sets in the west. But anyway, so yeah, so how, how do we fill the space of an eight-hour drive? Well, some people, they sing. They sing? No, they listen to music, and they sing along to the music. Uh, some people listen to an audiobook. You can actually probably finish one or two in that amount of time, depending on your listening speed, because a lot of people like to speed up audiobook, what do they call that, performances, I guess? I don't know, recordings? Sure. Or you could listen to talk radio, which was like Caveman Podcast back when you had to tune in at a certain time to hear your show. Kind of like uh, kind of like the cable network cable of 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 radio, because uh, it you know you couldn't just say hey radio I want to listen to NPR uh, their show I, I don't know anything about NPR. Uh, so you, you would have to, like, oh, it's 1 o'clock, it's time for the tax hour. Or NPR just talks about taxes for an hour, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. Or you could do the new up-and-coming thing and listen to a podcast. And it's it's kind of funny, because I, I, the only podcast I listened to before starting my own podcast was Dan Harmon's Harmontown. 
And uh, I'm kind of breaking one of the rules of zero credits, which is we're <laughs> a weird thing where where we kind of we, we said we weren't ever going to talk about other podcasts or things people could listen to because that would just let them know that hey, there's there's other options out there. It's a weird in-house rule of zero credits that I'm breaking right now. But it, I want to talk about podcasts, so you know, stick stick it to you, John. Stick it to you. You're not here to stop me. So yeah, I only listened to Dan Harmon's Harmontown, which, if you've ever listened to it, isn't really a podcast. Uh, in my, in the technical, I guess, definition. Although, you know, it's a nebulous definition at that. It's not your traditional podcast, I guess. It's not, it's not guys sitting in a recording room or booth having a conversation. It's, it's Dan Harmon, the creator of Community and Rick and Morty and various other projects. He's on stage with his co-host, uh, uh, what, Jeff Davis from Whose Line Is It Anyway and, and various other people. But there, it's like a live performance, like a live show. And, uh, they're just happen, happen to record it in front of an, an audience and everything. Uh, so that was my only real exposure to, uh, podcast besides another one called, uh, Hollywood Handbook that I started listening to shortly after John and I started talking about creating our own. And, uh, it's just podcasting is such a weird thing. And all of the big podcasts, barring like serial, all of the big co- podcasts seem to involve famous people talking about everyday sort of things or doing like, like a quirky thing. Like you, you've got a, Anna Ferris gives relationship device, a device. She gives relationship advice, and it's called Anna, Anna Ferris is Unqualified, because she's admitting that, hey, she's not qualified to give the advice. But she's famous, and so people kind of tune in and listen to it. I've never listened to it, so, it, you know, that she might actually give good advice. I don't know. All I know about Anna Ferris is a scary movie, and married to Chris Pratt, and was in Keanu. Um, so, who knows? It might be worth listening to, but... You wouldn't really, the only reason you kind of know of it, the only reason I know of it, is because there's a famous person sitting behind the wheel. And so it's like, John and I wanted to do a podcast, but it's like, why, why would anyone listen to us? You know, we're we're two straight white males in their mid-twenties, we're twenty-somethings, you know, we're we're the, just at the right age of like, Zach Braff's first movie, uh, Garden State, you know, nebulous in between things. Whatever. That was a movie. But, uh, it was like, why would people listen to us? We, we have no expert opinion. We don't have, we're not famous. There's literally no reason for people to listen to us other than we're willing to talk. And that's not really how it works. You know, you don't go out to a job like I'm willing to work, but you still have to be qualified. You still have to have the credentials or whatever. So it's like, well, well, that's the joke, you know. We're we're, we're not famous. We're going to admit we're not famous. We're going to admit we're not experts because there are some, you know, there are podcasts out there that are done by people who know things, people who people who want to teach. You know, there there's educational podcasts and like mystery podcasts who are like people who write mysteries and stuff and it's just kind of like, well, we're improvisers. We do improv comedy in a small town where there's not really a scene for improv comedy, but you know, we could adapt these weird personalities and continue these personalities that are that are basically us, but a little bit different because we're going to throw in weird, not real things, which if you know us, you know, you kind of pick up on and you, you, you do stuff with it. <laughs> well, you pick up on it and you realize, okay, they're doing a bit. For everyone else who doesn't really know us, who don't really know us, they, uh, I don't know. I don't know what a stranger would think of the show. And we actually have a few people that we don't know personally listening, and it's just kind of weird to think about. But that's the major goal, right? I mean, Comedy Bang Bang, Scott Ackerman doesn't know everyone who listens to his show, right? Because they get, like, thousands of viewers, because Earwolf is is the dominant force on the market for comedy podcasts. Them and Feral Audio. I don't know. So I was speaking of Comedy Bang Bang. On my eight-hour journey to hear, I was listening to the first few episodes of, uh, well, back then it was called Comedy Death Ray with Scott Ackerman, and he was actually on the radio, internet radio, 
Um, but it was like a time slot, and he got to fill it with this show where he talked about comedy. And it really felt felt like, if you listen to those first few episodes of, of Comedy Death Ray Radio, uh, it kind of feels like what we're doing with uh, Zero Credits, only the main difference is, you know, he Scott Arkman's out in L.A., surrounded by all these other comedians who are just getting their start. Like, uh, the, the second special guest they have is Aziz Ansari. So it's just like, you're more well-connected, I guess. And that's kind of, you know, it helped them take off. It's like you're just surrounded by all these other people who aren't famous then. You know, this was back in 2009. But they're getting their start. They're starting to get the word out. And, they'll, you know, it's kind of, you can tell that they're going to be something. So it's it's like, where's the podcast for the people who aren't famous, you know? Like, I hear of podcasts out there that are about, this is just about all of the water towers in a certain county. And it's like, how is that even a thing? Like, that can't be a thing. Who Who's on it? You know, who's attached? Is that Pat, Pat, Patton Oswald? Is that, is that Judy Bloom? That was not a real person, was it? She, she wrote books. Anyway. So it's just like, podcasts are so weird. Because if you're not famous, why are you doing one? I'm going to let that sit <laughs> for a second. But, uh, I don't know. If this was a perfect world, I could segue into a different topic smoothly. But I can't. So here we go. Uh, so <laughs> on the topic of filling spaces, I, uh, I moved in to my girlfriend's apartment. Brought on maybe, I would say like a third of my possessions. Because, you, you know, it's, she was already established in this apartment. She's been living here for like nine, ten months. And I'm just kind of playing catch-up. And it's, it's just like I didn't realize how much space my stuff took up. Because in an already established place, it's hard to sort of like add more to it, right? So it's like I left all the decorations, I left all the knickknacks and all the little gifts that people kept giving me because they never know what to buy me. You know, like little mushroom figurines of like the, you know, mushroom from like Mario and like a Kirby from the Kirby series and like all these little knickknacks. I left all, I left all that. I only brought like, you know, laptop, my computer, microphone, um, board games, a few books, a few DVDs, and then of course all of my clothes. And it's just like, not, it didn't seem like a lot, but then you pack it into a car, you know? And, and when you pack it into a car, it just <laughs> takes up the car. The car is full. And then, of course, there was, I've got a small car, so I had to put some of my girlfriend's car, too. And it's just like, where, why did all my stuff get bigger? Well, where did all this stuff come from? So, and then, you know, then the eight-hour drive where you listen to the podcast, and then you get to the apartment. And it's 11 o'clock at night because you've been driving all day. And so you just kind of load up load up the, the empty spaces of her apartment with your stuff temporarily before you can like start sorting it and putting it away. And then you start the process of putting it away. And my girlfriend was nice enough to give me a closet. And so I start putting my clothes in my closet. And then all the space in the closet is gone. And, but it's like, but I still have this other thing, you know, these other things. This is box full of board games and DVDs and a couple of books, and then I've got my computer and I brought my TV. It's just like my clo- the closet, my allotted space has run out, <laughs> and it's like, what do I do? What do I do next? And, and it wouldn't be so bad, but it's like, okay, I got a forty-two inch TV, a really nice TV, and so it's like, yeah, you put the TV up, and that's fine, you know, look, it'll, it'll look all right, and. It functions as a TV. The only problem is, what do I do with the box? It's a 42 inch TV. The box is what, 50 inches to, to house the TV? And you got, I mean, you keep the box because it's like, I'm not, we're not going to stay in this apartment forever. So it's like, you got to move the TV. Well, how do you move a TV? You put it in the box. So now I got this 50 inch box. There's no place to put it in this apartment. And it's like, why, why? Do people throw away? How do, how do other people who buy forty two inch TVs transport their TVs? Um, the answer there is well, people who buy forty two inch TVs don't move. You know, <laughs> they, they they have houses where they stay for decades. 
So I've got this 50-inch box, and then nowhere to put it, and then uh, my girlfriend brought up a good point. When you get an apartment, I feel like you should be able... Part of the, the complex should be like a storage space. Like, every unit gets like a small... It doesn't have to be huge, but just like a, a place to put the boxes, you know? Because everyone who moves into an apartment, usually, typically, they have boxes. And part of living in an apartment is like, hey, you know, we're going to be renting... We don't want to live here forever. We, we, no one wants to rent forever. You, you want to instead invest like money into the house so that it, you know the value appreciates and eventually you can sell it and get you know some money back. But with an apartment, it's like you're you're by living there, you are admitting that this is a temporary sort of solution to your constant need for a roof over your head. And so it's like everything that you packed in will one day have to be packed out. So why not just provide a place for the boxes? That way you never have to throw away any boxes. The environment is good, because cardboard I don't think biodegrades, so it's like you don't want to throw it away. But if you have a space to store your boxes, when you move out, you just go to that, that box place, the storage box place, get your boxes, and, you know, pack up stuff and leave. And as you get stuff, as you get more stuff, you, you've got a place to put the boxes. Fill the space with the boxes. The storage space that I feel like apartment complexes should offer to their tenants. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> that, that. You know, that's the moment where somebody like John would chime in with their opinion and they would give, you know, I, I don't know how they do it. How how people, like 60 Minutes uh, is a show on Sundays or whatever, whenever it comes on. And it's like a news show, but not really. It's not really a news show. It's like an hour of stories that people put together. And a lot of them have, you know, interview subjects, people, sources, you know. But there used to be this guy who would come on at the end of the show, and he would give a little rant. And uh, his little rant, it was always by himself. He would never have a, have a guy, or a guy. He would never have, like, a guest or anything to bounce ideas off of. He would just, like, get... He would have an idea of what to rant about. He would rant about it for, like, five minutes. And then the show would end. You know, it was, like, the closing segment or whatever. It's like, well, how, how does he do it? How, you just you just present your ideas in that time as though they are, like, correct and, and factual without any feedback. And then you just kind of... The show just ends... And so it just kind of lingers there. Your your idea just kind of lingers there in people's mind as the last thing they saw in this program. And then it's but it's like, what if somebody disagreed? You know. So it's like, oh, so you you stay you stay safe. You only have opinions that no one's going to disagree with. Like uh, the one I saw was uh, he, he was complaining about like the bubble packaging that everything comes in. You know, like that uh, this the plastic form fitted thing. So like you buy. I don't know, you buy like a lighter and, not a lighter, but like a, like a tool, I don't, what, you buy something that comes wrapped in plastic, and it's like, it's form-fitted, and it's impossible to open, and so like, you need scissors to open them, but then like, the scissors barely cut it, or that you have to go at a weird angle, and it's just a lot more hassle than uh, it should be. So we did a segment on that. So it's just like, no one's going to disagree. No one's going to be like, well, I like the challenge of opening the, the bubble-packaged wrap plastic thing, and I just, oh, it's just, I want my item to be so safe as I purchased it from Walmart and brought it to my car. I don't know. No one's going to be that. No one's going to say that. So it's like, I guess that's how you do it. If you, if you have it, you just have very safe opinions. That way, no one can disagree with you. Or, you know, if you're going to have more dangerous opinions... I don't... Dangerous opinions? If you have more controversial opinions, you have someone else to bounce off so that, you know, you're representing the other side. The other side, can, in the form of your guest, can sort of talk through what uh, what all there is to disagree with. Yep. <laughs> it is difficult to fill... The space of 30 minutes with your own rambling thoughts. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. But even though it is possible, that doesn't make it good. You gotta just... You gotta have a game plan. You gotta have a notepad with notes on it. 
that like you're going to go through and talk about to keep yourself on track. That would have been nice if I had done that, but I didn't. Instead, I drank about three quarters of an original recipe Coke that my girlfriend had in her, her fridge. She doesn't drink soda, so she said I could have it. So I drank three quarters of it and then forgot I had it, and it's now on the table behind me. And uh, I've realized I'm thirsty, and so that's why I'm focused on it. But you drink that, you hit record, you forget about the Coke, and you, you just kind of start talking. And you get more comfortable as you talk. What else? I wonder how John liked Rogue One. Because I haven't listened to that yet. I really like that movie. Uh, like, I, I feel like it's kind of like my favorite Star Wars movie now. Because I was never a real big fan of the series. Uh, something about... I don't know. Just the, the, the Jedi just seemed like they could solve all their problems too easily. And, and so, like, that's why they... in the in, uh, That third one. The third one in the prequel trilogy. Revenge of the Sith or whatever. <clears throat> That's why in that one they have to be tricked, you know. You have to trick a Jedi in order to defeat him. Because they're, they're just, they're just, they're too, they, they're too good at what they do. And what they do is just solve problems. Stop problems from being problems. They're peacekeepers. And peace is, you know, the solution. Any form of conflict is a problem. And they just... They've got magic powers and, like, these ultra-powerful sabers that just kill anything in one hit. It, not, I mean, at least in, in A New Hope they do. They kill everything in one hit. But it's like, they're, they're just too good. And it's like, how, how do you have a convincing story in a world with characters that are too good at solving problems? And, uh... So Rogue One made it really interesting by removing all Force users, you know. Everyone thinks the Jedi are dead and have been dead for a long, long time. And so it's interesting to see just regular humans exist in this world with the same enemy that they've been fighting for all this time, the Empire, and uh, see how they sort of ad adapt and, and try to make the world a better place without the, you know, the catch-all Force user to kind of back them up. That and K2 is the best thing in the Star Wars universe ever. Um, he was good. It was great. And that's all. That, those are my thoughts about Rogue One. And that, that fits the theme because filling space, uh, the whole movie takes place in space. All the movies are in space. It's called Star Wars. Space Wars. You know, come on. Don't, don't question me. Don't question my idea. My theme that I set up kind of absentmindedly in the first few minutes of the this 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 diatribe on on is it really a diatribe this solo conversation that I'm doing uh, next time I do this next time I do one of these solo things I'm just going to be playing a video game in the background because I feel like I feel like that will get me much more uh, focused on talking if I have something to to actually like look at cuz I'm just staring at the TV box that I was describing earlier, I'm just staring at it, and I'm just like, it's still here. There, there's nothing I can do with it. It's just sitting here in front of me, and it's like, what do I do with you? But anyway, um, so yeah, the future of zero credits—that's something to talk about. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna be back in full capacity soon. It might not be next week. Might not be the week after that. But it will be soon. Um, until then, we're going to fill the time with these less than zeros, uh, which is a concept that I came up on. I don't know if you guys remember when John went on a cruise. Uh, he went on a cruise and we had to skip a week because it's we didn't have anything and we couldn't record. That's when I came up with the idea of like this, this mini episode kind of thing where it's just one of us or, you know, one of, one of us each in two 30-minute segments kind of just talking about whatever. Sometimes we might have a guest. Sometimes it might just be us kind of rambling. My original idea for this episode was to record while I was driving, but uh, I couldn't control the road noise for one, and uh, I, I just I got really, really tired, and I needed to focus, so I just played podcast the entire time. Because it wouldn't have gone over well. It's just, there was so much traffic on the road yesterday. 
I guess a bunch of people were driving back after the uh, the holiday. Well, that kind of gave things away, but whatever. I mean, as far as time goes, it's so weird to obscure both time and location in a show where you talk about yourself. Because time and location are two of the uh, parameters that we use to identify ourselves in a given moment. It's like, how do you define who you are? Well, first you start with where you are and when you are. Uh, but, you know, we obscure that because we don't want you to be able to identify us. I mean, at least until, not until we, this blows up and, like, it becomes so impossible to not identify ourselves. It's not like Brad Pitt's going around using a fake name. When he stars in movies, he's not Pad Brit. Probably because that might be offensive to British people. Or Pads, I don't know. It's a Sharp TV, by the way. That's the that's the, uh, the brand, it's Sharp. Um, which I always thought, was, oh yeah, it's like a Sharp picture, sure, yeah, it's Sharp. But it's like, it's also a, it's also square, it's also a rectangle, so it's got, it's got edges. So it's like, why don't they make the edges really sharp, too? So it could be like a double kind of thing. And then your product's dangerous as well. So it's like, it's got that danger factor that people kind of like. You know how, like, a, you know, the Jaguar car is like, well, is it going to is it gonna scratch me? You know, because it's a Jaguar. Or like the Porsche, it's like, well, is it going to snap in two because it's made out of porcelain? Because it's a Porsche... Do you get the joke? Do you get the joke I made that was dumb and lame? We're moving on. Why is it that when uh, it's cold and you run into the like sharp corner of a table, or a coffee table, for instance, a coffee table that's in the middle of you know your the living space of your apartment where uh, you eat your meals when your girlfriend's at work? Why is it that when you stub your toe on, on that coffee table thing, when it's cold, it hurts so much more than if it were warm? It's like it stings longer because it's like when you hurt it, you, your toe realizes it's cold and then like the pain is warming it up. I just, ugh. I keep, I keep running into this coffee table that, that thankfully isn't made by Sharp because if it was made by Sharp, they would have sharp edges. Now, you would think that the edges of the coffee table aren't sharp because I said that, but they are, they are sharp. I, I rammed my knee into it, an edge, when I was standing up, and it, it hurt. I didn't, I didn't cut, but it hurt because it was sharp. It's a sharp edge. I don't know how well the picture is on the coffee table because it's not a TV, but I keep stumbling into this coffee table. So anyway. Uh, I think that's good about do it for me, do it for Henry today on this, this less than zero. You got my fill in the space ramblings. Uh, next time, you know, I'll have more material because I'll actually be more settled into this place. I've been in this apartment for like less than two full days and I, I just needed to get something to John. So I decided to do this. So yeah, uh, you know, the next one will be more prepared, more, more, uh, more like something you might actually listen to. You know, John, John went out of his way to get a guest and talk about Rogue One. Maybe I'll go out of my way to meet somebody in this new city, or get my girlfriend or something to get on the show, and we can talk about something. There are squirrels in in the attic of this place. And they just walked over me. And it's, it's creepy because it sounds like feet. It sounds like human feet. But there's no there's no floor up there. And they just... They walk around. And we... You know, she... My girlfriend's complained about it so many times. And they just don't, they don't do anything about these squirrels. But anyway. Uh, I was signing off. So I don't know if John did all the plug things. Uh, if he did, that's great. If he didn't, you know, ZCPCWHJ on Twitter, Zero Credits Podcast on Facebook, uh, Zero Credits as a Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. And, uh, you know, John usually does all this because I 
I think we can plug like one thing. We could say like we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and that should we would that would be able to cover it. But uh, you know, he's just looking out for the marketing side or whatever. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for uh, more content coming at you in the year of uh, 2017. Uh, happy New Year! And uh, and this is weird. Uh, goodbye. I guess is it what is that is that what people say when they they sign off? when they sign off. Ahoy! Reverse ahoy. So like... Yawa. Yoha. 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 Today's episode featured the song Underclocked by Eric Skiff at ericskiff.com.